You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Electric Vicuña Productions presents The Sonic Society with Jack Ward and David Alt. We are materializing on the far side of Horace, Kentucky, audio space. Horace, Kentucky. Not THE Horace, Kentucky, Chronal Detective, by Dakota yes, Brown. Yes, the YouTubed vessel of the Vidic has rendezvoused with the tortoise there. The tortoise? But, but we're the... Uh, oh, right, the, the other David. Uh, the one from the future. Uh, and the other... Tortoise, yes. It is in the hands of the Vidic. And right now, I can sense its presence aboard the YouTubed ship. If you can sense the other tortoise, won't it be able to sense us? I have set us down, not far from the other tortoise. If it can sense our presence as you suggest, then we are safer inside the vessel than outside where the weapon could fire. There is that. What am I supposed to do if I find the tortoise and you're David? I had hoped you wouldn't ask me that. Well, I guess I'd best not lollygag about. How long are we here? My calculations suggest that Horace, Kentucky, Chronal Detective Agency, Episodes 1 through to 4, are prepared. Well then, just stay disembodied. And I'll be back in two sparks from my sonic screwdriver. found yourself in the right time and the right place for Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency, Episode 1. The name's Horace Kentucky. Heck, it's not just my name, it's my job. At the corner of First and Cox, on the third floor of a ramshackle brick building is Horace Kentucky's private detective agency. I used to deal in cases involving property theft and philandering husbands, but nowadays I deal in a bigger picture. A picture so big that most people go their lives without knowing about it. Guess most minds are designed to block that kind of stuff out. This story, like most stories in which a guy talks real low and monotone like this, begins with a dame. She rapped three times on my office door and skidded in, panting and clutching her purse to her chest. As far as potential clients go, this one was a looker. Her hair was as much like spaghetti as it was rigatoni. Not that it looked like rigatoni at all. That's just to say that it didn't look like pasta. It was brown. The kind of brown that makes you say, hey, that's a nice shade of brown. She was the kind of gal who wears stockings. The silky thigh highs she wore were what made me know she was a gal in the first place. Guys don't wear stockings like that, especially not guys I hang around with. So, as this person who was with me was wearing stockings, she had to be a gal. It wasn't a surprise to see a dame like her barging in. It comes with the job. Sometimes husbands and boyfriends have secrets, and sometimes their women don't like it. The big surprise was that the image of beauty standing before me was none other than Winnie Wheatworth, vixen of the silent screen. The bigger surprise was seeing her in my office. Heck, seeing her at all, really. She faded into obscurity after the birth of the Talkies. The biggest surprise was why she faded into obscurity. Are you Horace, Kentucky? I need your help. In my head, I'm a darn good detective. 
but all it took to solve the mystery of the washed-up starlet was an open ear and a cold shower. I'm in deep trouble. Deep. Very deep. Sounds that way. I think my husband's trying to kill me. Let me write this down. You say your deaf husband is trying to kill you. He's not deaf. You don't say. I do say. He's Ranch Hand Ricky, the singing cowboy. We were wed more than ten years ago. Because he needed a bass for harmony. I'm sorry? I said you've got the face of a beauty queen. Mr. Kentucky, I'm a married woman. That is, as long as I'm alive. You're sticking by this guy even though he's trying to stick it to you? He's not himself. How do you mean? He's been talking crazy the past few days. They had to postpone the shooting of his movie, The Last Cattle Rustle, Part 4. I hate to hear that. The third one left me hanging. You gotta help me, Mr. Kentucky. You just gotta. Says you, but does your wallet say so? Three hundred dollars. One for keeping me alive, another for finding Ricky, and a third for finding out what's wrong with him. I'll get you a receipt. When did you start noticing your husband acting strange? Tuesday of last. In the morning, he was his normal self. But in the evening, he was maniacal. He wouldn't look at me, and he was clutching a briefcase to his chest. In the morning, he was fine, but by the evening, he was squirrel snacks. Huh? Nuts. What happened in the afternoon? I'm not sure. I love a midday nap. People are always waking me up, checking to see that I'm alive, warning me that it's raining, asking how I got in their house. I love a good drink, you see. You were sleeping. From drinking. A policeman woke me to tell me that stairwells weren't for napping, and when I got home, he was just... mad. Then our first task is to see what your husband was doing that afternoon. Your best bet for survival is to stick close to me. Not too close, I assure you. I wouldn't dream of it. I don't do well with nightmares. Taxi! The cab ride was a calm one. It was easy to tell that the whole ordeal exhausted Winnie. Half a flask of something that's vapors were visible and she was out like a light. In the flickering glow of the passing streetlights, her soft features reminded me of the first time I saw her. Fifty feet tall and reminiscent of Thanksgiving dessert. Great yams. She startled herself awake when the driver hit a bump in the road. Ricky! Bad dream. An odd one. Do you believe in premonition? You mean like soothsaying? Depends on how my future sounds. I just had a dream that Ricky died surrounded by eggs. My first instinct as a detective is that we won't worry about that. Mr. Kentucky, would you mind if we make a quick stop before we get to my house? I'm not contracted to help you run your errands. It will only take a moment. Driver, could you stop by the corner store and allow me to pick up some mothballs? Heck of a time to be putting your winter clothes into storage. I've been buying them for a few weeks now. I've got a horrible smell in my den, and they're the only thing that seems to get it out. She purchased the mothballs, along with a few ounces of gin, vodka, and barrel-aged whiskey. And we were off. When we arrived at her house, she exited the cab, three empty bottles tumbling to the ground. I tipped the cabbie, and in moments, we were alone. Some place. Yes, it is. I wish I had a place like this. You do. This is your house. So it is. Now I don't feel so bad about having a bit of a wee in the bushes. After breakfast last Tuesday, did Ricky mention any plans he had for the day? Nopey dokey. He had the day off. He said he was going to do some work in the yard. Please, come inside. Have a seat. Well, you can't have the seat. They're my seats. I'm going to be watching you. When you leave, I'll pat you down and see if you're trying to take my seats. That shouldn't be necessary. I'm not paying you to steal my furniture. You weren't wrong about the smell. I know, right? Do you have some kind of meat cellar in the basement? No basement. Nothing but dirt down there. 
anything seem out of place here? Anything missing? Mm, no. Why? Looking for a lead. You say Ricky was going out in the yard to do some work. Let's take a peek out there. You said Ricky was working out here? He loves to relax with a little landscaping. The grass is to my knees, Winnie. There's been less cutting here than a well-executed briss. What's in that shed? I don't know. Ladies don't enter such filthy shanties. How about you? Have you entered it? And dirty my hands? The latch isn't locked. Looks like someone left in a rush. Huh. What is it? What's in there? Take a peek. I can't. I can't know what dark secret my dear Ricky keeps from me. Sure you can. I fear my little heart won't be able to take it. I think you'll be fine. What? What is it? Eggs. Your husband keeps eggs in his shed. Hundreds, thousands of them. Eggs? My dream. It was a premonition. Not quite. Your husband's not around. But my dream! I'm telling you, Mr. Kentucky, these eggs are what drove my husband mad. Maybe so. It's not too sane to hide this much breakfast in the backyard shed. Why? Why would someone have this many eggs? That's a hard question to answer. You're asking a person in their right mind. I need to have a sit. Let's get you inside. Thank you. My head started to spin. With your drinking, it's a wonder it didn't take off like a helicopter. Oh, that smell. It's gotten worse. I don't know if I can handle it anymore. Some eggs probably rolled underneath some floorboards and started to rot. I'll check to see if any of these boards are loose. Sure enough, this board's loose. See? Comes right up. Got a match? On the table. It's where I do my flaming Sambuca shots. That's no good. How many eggs are down there? No eggs. Then what? What's down there? Ricky. Ricky, my darling, what are you doing down there? Mr. Kentucky. That's not Ricky. Ricky's not so... decomposy. How long ago was it that you saw your husband? Less than a week. Well, this man, who happens to look just like your husband, has been here much longer than a week. Oh my goodness. In his hands. That briefcase. Ricky had it with him when he went mad. That's lucky. We need a good hint. Let me just... <clears throat> wow. He's got quite a grip on it. There. An old silver cup. This mean anything to you? Not at all. I've never seen it before in my sweet little life. I have no idea where it came from. One thing's for certain. There's something here more rotten than your husband. Yes. Exactly. Who are you? And what are you doing in my home wearing such a costume? Crowns went out years ago, dear. I am Her Majesty Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom. Ricky is attempting to become a master of time. Follow me. Thank you for listening to Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency. If you'd like to find out more about our productions, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep up on iTunes, where you'll find more episodes as time goes on. Have found yourself in 
the right time and the right place. For Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency, Episode 2. A lot of things have happened to me since this morning. It all started when man-voiced silent film starlet Winnie Wheatworth hired me to find her cowboy film star husband. Apparently, he had been normal one morning, crazy that same evening, and dead weeks before. Upon discovering his body, Queen Victoria showed up. Yeah, this is a time travel story. How many goose eggs does your husband have in his possession? Did, not, uh, does. It's all relative, Miss Wheatworth. The shed out back is full of them. The full thing's time is his to have. Thought, not think. Judging by the amount of eggs in that shed, Mr. Kentucky, Ranch Hand Ricky can exist then, now, and forever. So... He's not dead? Not exactly. Then, why does he stink so bad? This is his body underneath the floorboard, toots. One does not enjoy being called toots. Enough with the Her Majesty and one does not business. Who are you really and what are you doing in Winnie's house? Explanations are weak. Lessons are powerful. If the two of you could follow me, please. Her Majesty hustled her ruffle-gowned posterior to the shed. Winnie, following eagerly. Me, not as much. See this egg? Uh-huh. This egg is a key to another time. Uh-huh. Mr. Kentucky, what is your most beloved part of history? I'm a sucker for the Old West. In a time frame that had to be less than a moment, Victoria blinked out of existence, then flickered slowly back into the space she had previously disappeared from, holding a rifle. Is that... Custer's rifle? Don't worry, things aren't going too well for him right now, and even with it, he wouldn't stand a chance. How can you do that? It all began on a horrid day. Firstly, my servant girl Martha tittered as she struggled to tighten my girdle, and then my skirt became stuck in a doorway, causing a manservant to say, There certainly is a lot of Her Majesty... And to cap it all off, a little urchin boy called me Big Butt. At dinner time, I was just about to crack into three lovely boiled goose eggs when I thought about how glorious it would be to be in a time and a place that my particular appearance would be valued and well thought of. Suddenly, the world around me changed. My surroundings became images that faded and swirled into colorful, explosive sparks and shapes. And when it all settled, it settled in an odd place, and I was surrounded by the oddest of beings. Oh, my lord! A sword-wielding lizard man! <laughs> A steam-powered metal man? Weep, bop, boop. And a colorful anthropomorphized pony. <laughs> My power is friendship. What dark world have I had the misfortune of being cast into? This is FunCon, the convention where every fandom in the world can unite and celebrate their common loves. As if you didn't know. You need a badge. I need no identification. I am Victoria, Queen of the United Kingdom, and you are to address me... As your majesty. <laughs> You're really dedicated to your costume. The crown I wear represents too much to behave otherwise. Did you enter the costume contest last year? Oh, the 2012 contest has some big competition. 2012? As in the year 2012? <laughs> yeah, it is going to be pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm in the future. I've traveled in time. Uh, yes, your majesty, I suppose you have. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me all you know about time travel. I guess we know about as much as anyone. Go on. 
Well, you know, uh, police boxes, flux capacitors, uh, improbability drives, and whatnot. This is common knowledge? <laughs> All our friends know about it. Tell me, then, how do I return to my time? <laughs> well, <laughs> we won't know that. Who will? <laughs> Stephen Hawking, I guess, right? <laughs> but he's not exactly much of a conversationalist. <laughs> <laughs> Einstein could have helped. <laughs> have you tried wishing with all of your heart? Who is this Einstein? Uh, famed physicist, uh, very smart. E equals MT squared, all that. How do I find him? <laughs> With a shovel. <laughs> He's dead. Then your information is no help to me. Good day. I left the creatures in search for clear answers. <laughs> she is really into her character. <laughs> Make believe is fun. Meep, boop. Why am I here? Why did these eggs come with me? I need answers. I need to know whatever this Albert Einstein does. Just as before, my stomach churned and my mind distorted in madness and flashing colors and unearthly shapes. My mind cleared from the kaleidoscope of madness, revealing nothing but darkness. My eyes adjusted slightly, and in my stumbling search for my whereabouts, I came across what I would discover was an electric lamp. A single touch to its metal surface and the room was illuminated. Shelves upon shelves of books surrounded me and silently questioned my presence. In front of me, on a shelf labeled science, was Albert Einstein's Relativity, the Special and the General Theory. A few reads later, and I wished, grasping my eggs, that I could meet Einstein and have him divulge more information. Again, there were colors and a distortion of reality, and when I emerged, I was sitting at a desk in a small office in front of a wild-haired man with a thick mustache. Can I help you? You are Albert Einstein, famed physicist? No, I am Albert Einstein, mediocre patent clerk. I'm afraid you may have me mistaken for another Albert Einstein. I must have met you too soon. Who's to say? It's all relative. Yes, exactly it is. What's that? Time is relative. Time? No, no, no. Time is definite. Believe me, I have six hours left on my shift. There's no other way to look at it. Oh, but there is. Space-time is malleable. Space and time are two different things. They are not. What time is it? Five till ten. And why do you know that? From looking at the clock. Are you looking at the clock, Albert? I believe I am. You are not. You are looking at the light that is being reflected from the clock. What you are seeing is an image microseconds in the past. Because the speed of light is finite. Yes, then, then space and time exist together as a single entity. Yes. Interesting. I wonder if we affect space-time as much as it does us. I suppose it must. We, as matter, occupy space-time, therefore it must alter its existence to suit our presence. Should I write this down? I think you should. We came to theorize that matter, simply by existing in space-time, interrupts the flow of particles therein and creates discrepancies in spatial and chronal rhythms and that... For reasons unexplained, a goose's egg distorts space and time the most, and when combined with a person's desires, will become a vehicle for traversing both. Meaning? A goose's egg is a time machine. Meaning? You can travel in time with a goose's egg. Oh, booze must be a time machine. After knocking a few back, I wake up in a different time and place. Let me see that egg. No, Mr. Kentucky, you don't know how. I want to be at the gunfight at the OK Corral. I'm still here. Give me that egg. Of course you are. This egg is permanently tied to Custer's last stand. They may have immense power, but that power does have a limit. So that explains the shed full of eggs. Precisely. More eggs means more points in time. Ricky is attempting to become a master of time. So my husband is still alive? My assumption is that he is. The Ricky you found has been deceased for weeks, but you state you had spoken to him recently. This Ricky is from another timeline. 
Your Ricky may still be traveling space-time in an effort to have it all to himself. And what would happen if this fella had a monopoly on space-time? Then all of the known and unknown universe would be his to control. And we don't want that. Not a bit. So how do we stop him? That's easy. Ricky? You can't stop me. Thank you for listening to Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency. If you'd like to find out more about our productions, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep up on iTunes, where you'll find more episodes as time goes on. yourself in the right time and the right place for Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency Episode 3 Private Detective Horace Kentucky here In case you haven't been listening here's the happening Silent film star Winnie Wheatworth hired me to find her missing husband cowboy star ranch hand Ricky I followed up on the deep-voiced beauty's request, finding not only her dead husband holding a silver cup and a suitcase under some floorboards, but her husband's backyard shed full of goose eggs. Queen Victoria showed up, justifying it all with her announcement of being a time traveler who uses eggs to traverse space-time. She proved this by skidding out of reality and returning with General Custer's rifle. Then Ricky showed up, not as dead as he was angry, holding a gun. Drop the rifle, Miss Poofy Skirts. I guarantee you that the girth of my dress is directly proportional to my station. Put down the gun, Vicky. Now, Ricky, we're not here looking for trouble. Who are you? Name's Horace Kentucky. Your missus hired me to investigate your disappearance and bring you back to her. Guess this is job well done. And you? I am Her Majesty Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom. I am a time traveler, as are you. The difference between us, however, is your complete lack of control. A person cannot control time, Ricky. They can if they have to. Those are the words of a madman. This hobby of yours is driving you beyond the edge of sanity. It's true, Ricky. You haven't been yourself lately. This ain't a hobby. This is preservation. Preservation of what? Mankind. We're all in danger. Hey, cowboy. What are you doing? Get away from my shed. Well, you and Her Majesty were chatting. I decided to give your little building here an inspection. Seems a little tipsy. Drop the gun or all these Humpties will have a great fall. You don't understand! I think I do. I understand that nothing will matter unless you have your precious egg. Don't! You're not dropping the revolver. Too bad. Don't bother calling the king's horses or men. No! Do you have any idea what you've done? Probably something very heroic. I'm not the villain. Someone else is. I was gathering these eggs in an effort to find him. You're holding us at gunpoint. With a fake gun. Why didn't you put it down when I asked you to? I'm a cowboy. A cowboy drops his gun as often as Winnie here drops a bottle. So basically, never. What villain did you speak of? I don't know who it is. I just know that he's up to no good. And how do you know this? Because a fella at the edge of the universe told me. Vicky? Don't ask me. So far as man knows, the universe is infinite. There is no edge. Well, there is. And a fella lives there. When I was filming the latest edition of The Last Cattle Rustle, I started to get down in the dumps. Each one of these movies has been the same load of plop, glitzed and glammed with slightly different songs and dialogue. 
when you realize that all you are to the world is two hours of monotony to justify their life's boredom, <laughs> you start to figure there might be something more in you. We were shooting a gunfight in a chicken coop, and we cut to change the camera positions. I started fiddling around with the eggs in there. We, we was using goose eggs, you see, because the director thought they had a better splat when they exploded. I started thinking about my lot, and I said to myself, Boy, I sure wish I was somewhere doing something mighty important. Well, all of a sudden, I felt real small. It got so quiet that silence would have been loud. Colors and shapes that can't exist in a man's mind twisted and swirled in front of my eyes. Then there was nothing. Nothing but me, darkness, and an egg-shaped cabin with a wooden door that didn't quite match up with its frame. It's easy to weigh your options when you only got one. I knocked. If I could describe the person who answered the door, I would, but calling him a person was a stretch. Heck, calling him a him was a stretch. Come in, Ricky. If you were to imagine a being who was something and nothing rolled into one, you'd be thinking of what I was seeing standing in that doorframe of that egg house. How do you know me? Don't be so modest, ranch hand, Ricky. You're very well known. You've seen my films? No, I suppose I haven't. You certainly are versatile in your fame. Why is that? Because you, ranch hand Ricky, save the universe. What in the name of pulled pork pudding are you yakking about? Where am I? This is the end of it all. This is the edge of the universe. And you are? The guardian of the edge. My duty is to make certain that the edge of the universe remains and space-time is protected. Now that's quite a job. It would be tiring if I were able to tire. Now, I ain't exactly schooled in saving space or nothing. And yet here you are. Most of the world is scrambling to connect cities via highway. But you have traversed both time and space to arrive at my doorstep. But I ain't got no idea how I did it. In your hand. I'm still holding that goose egg. You hold the key to time and space travel. Hold it, wish a time and place, and you'll be there. Is that right? One egg, however, will only link two points in space-time. Once used, they are tied forever to those points. I don't think I can do what you think I can. It matters not. You will be in the right place, at the right time, when the universe is in its gravest moment. You must simply remember one thing. Sometimes, nothing means everything. Nothing means everything. Sometimes. That's all you got to tell me? I suppose I could divulge more. Yes, that seems possible. You will use this knowledge to cease the destruction of the being who threatens all. A great feast will be had, and your loved ones will see your body without life. As in dead? Perhaps that is too much information. No, everyone dies. That's an innate certainty. But I didn't tell him it would be next week, according to his timeline. That would have been a mistake. I die next week? Oh, yes. No. Maybe. Yes. Yes? Yes. I ain't helping you if it means I'll go a dying. You will. You have. And you are. Thank you for the visit. I will search out these films of yours. Have a pleasant day. After spinning like a tumbleweed through that wacky rainbow world again, I arrived back on the film set, my goose egg crushed in my hand. It took the director screaming action to get my mind around the fact of me being back where I came from. A couple of good takes later, and I was back to dreaming about the egg-shaped cabin and the guardian of the edge, both of which I was thinking was just stressed-induced dreams. But they weren't, were they? No, ma'am, they weren't. And all of those eggs? I figured if I had enough eggs to travel to enough places and times, I could set something straight somewhere in space-time that let me live through all this. The whole thing's driven me mad. I'm sorry, Winnie, darling. I know I ain't been pleasant. I thought you were going to kill me. I ain't that crazy. Yes, you were. You had that suitcase and you were screaming such awful things at me. Screaming? Suitcase? What are you talking about? Mum's the word on the suitcase, Winnie. That Ricky is from a point further along in the time stream. He's the same one that's lying under the floorboards in the old living room. 
change the subject. What did you bring me? Bring you? Well, uh, n nothing. You hear that? A husband goes to the edge of the universe and he can't bring his wife home a present. I could have gotten you anything from anywhere and any time if in this gumshoe hadn't busted up all my eggs. What does all this mean? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if time travel and guardians of the edge are out there, who's in charge? Is it just us and our eggs, or is there someone or something else? The three stood in silence, unsure of their answers and unsure of their beliefs. What I know, Horace, is that if we follow our hearts with the faith that a someone else would deserve and use our minds with the intelligence that a someone else would give, we have nothing to fear. Except that! What are those? I don't know, but they look like they don't belong in the sky. Are those horses? Four of them! With riders. Four horsemen. Signaling the end. This is the apocalypse? Oh, we don't have time for this. What are you doing? Buying us some time. He's got Custer's gun. You truly believe that shooting at the Harbingers of the end times with a rifle outdated by 60 years will buy us time? I don't know. But when will I get another chance to try it out? Did you hit them? I didn't. They're so far away. How can you tell? Because that gunshot was from one of them. Got the bullet wound to prove it, and a bit of wooziness to back it up. With madness on the earth and madness above, I sank quickly into calm, silent darkness. Thank you for listening to Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency. If you'd like to find out more about our productions, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep up on iTunes, where you'll find more episodes as time goes on. found yourself in the right time and the right place for Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency, Episode 4. Horace Kentucky again. You'll have to excuse the brevity of my synopsis. I've been shot by one of the horsemen of the apocalypse, and a quick piece of shut-eye seems in order. Let's work backward. The horsemen showed up to herald the end times. I took aim at them with General Custer's rifle, which was given to me by a time-traveling Queen Victoria who showed up because the husband of my deep-voiced film star client was thought to be a maniac threatening to control all of space-time. Turns out, though, that the maniac is someone else entirely. Did that make sense? No? Then we're on the same page. Oh, good. Now the horsemen have something to say. I am war. I am death. I famine. And I'm Steve. Pestilence is on vacation. The fool lives. Then our powers are useless. Meaning this is not the end times. I told you. The end times are further in the past. And I told you that the end times can't be in the past because this is the past's future. Do you remember war, our conversation about time stream and layered realities? Even if I remember it, it doesn't mean I agree. You should agree. It's how time travel works. There are infinite realities created by infinite choices and happenstances. I refuse to believe that we have to travel to each time stream's end times to perform our duties an infinite amount of times. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying 
is maybe there is one central end times event that encompasses all realities. So, I'm not dead? No, you'll be fine. You're not wrong, Mr. Death. The Guardian of the Edge recruited me to stop the end of the universe. He said that everything is in danger. I suspect that means all realities. <laughs> Isn't it just like that guy, always taking our work? We're a joke to him. I'm really starting to feel that way, too. So, where'd he tell you to go? And when? Because... You're taking the money right out of our pockets by stopping the end times. Not really, though. No, of course, we really just have the one job. End all time and space. We just have to find the end. Until then, we take odd jobs. I bust tables, war cleans houses, famine is a shipping clerk. And I have my own line of designer socks. I won't lie, they're quite comfortable. Great Christmas gifts, they were. Usually you open a box of socks and get nothing but disappointment, but these really are something else. Where were we? And when were we? End times. Right. When and where. I haven't been told. I just know I'll be there. Then we'll just stick close to you. The Guardian of the Edge is a lot of things, but he's not a liar. If you'll be there eventually, so will we. This partnership is cause for rejoicing. Let us have a feast in celebration. Where did you get those eggs from? Do you keep them in your dress? One for Winnie, one for Ricky, one for Horace, and one for me. Ugh, it's warm. Are those goose eggs? They sure are. Power and tombstones! How'd we end up here? Goose eggs, I willed us here. That ain't how these eggs work. It is if you've practiced. Sometimes one person's willpower is enough to affect all around them. So where'd you bring us? Don't be mad. Why would I be? Because your anger would be justified. Now I'm prepared to be. This is the end times. You crazy queen! You done brought me to my death! In one timeline, the one we create may be different. <laughs> oh, I hate the outdoors. Why does the end time have to have so many trees and flowers and things? Where are we? And when? I would say one or two years before 1590 in Eastern America. Why would you say that? Because of this word carved in this tree. Croatoan? What's that mean? It's a reference to the native tribes in the early colonies. This is Roanoke, the lost colony. Not really lost. It's right over there. Sure enough. Nice place. I like the giant wooden posts acting as a fence. They must love their neighbors. Oh, I suspect not. The common theory for their disappearance is that the Croatoans sought revenge for their mistreatment by massacring the settlement. It looks like we're a little early for the party, then. There's still plenty of activity in there. All journeys must have a beginning. Let us make ourselves known. Excuse me, you there, sharpening your knives? Yes, madam. Oh, are you with White's party? Have the ships returned already? No, my good men. We come from our own accord. Why, I must ask, is this word Croatoan carved in that tree? Oh, that was my doing. I planned to carve it, along with a message depicting their heinous doings on all surrounding trees, so that our people will remember who our enemies are. I see. Early propaganda. I suppose so. If that is a word meaning warning, I plan to finish the job once I finish sharpening my knife here. You seen anybody gathering goose eggs? Goose eggs? Well, we do have a storehouse of goods that contain many items. We keep some eggs in there so long as they stay fresh. Who runs the storeroom? Twist Smitty Cobblestone. But he disappeared a few days back. Probably a victim of the Crotones. Thank you for your time. Uh, friends, shall we reconvene in the shade in the trees? Why are we coming back here? All we gotta do is crush the eggs in the storeroom and we stop the apocalypse. Not true, I'm afraid. I believe this smithy fellow needs to be stopped directly. He will certainly return to the storehouse of eggs when the need arises. Well, I ain't waiting around. I'll just take my egg... Wait a rug-ripping minute here! My egg just fell to dust! It weren't nothing but a hollow shell. I used a great amount of willpower to get us here. So much power that our little time travel instruments have, 
shall I say, cracked under the pressure. So we're stuck here? What kind of drinks do they have? Beer? Maybe wine? I need my gin! Take me back! In due time, all of us, even the theoretically doomed Ricky, will return to our appropriate timelines. What's the plan? We await Smitty's return, bring his time travel to a stop by any means, and return to our normal lives. Hold on, folks. Something's done caught my eye. Looks like something's hidden in that old stump. Oh, let it be well-aged and tickle the throat. It ain't liquor, honey. It's a pretty-looking cup. Looks like it's real silver, too. Horace, is that the... It is. It's the silver cup we found on Ricky's body. Reckon this will fetch a nice price if I can get back to the real world with it. How about you put that back, Ricky? It might mess with the time stream or, or something, right, Vicky? Oh, yes, definitely. Temporal what-sits and such. Y'all just don't want me to have good things. Ricky, honey, we don't want to disturb time. We're disturbing it by stepping around in it. One of us could have stepped on a bug that's supposed to give dysentery to someone who may otherwise kill someone else important or some nonsense like that. If I'm risking my life, I'm getting a souvenir. Leave the cup behind, Ricky. We'll find you a better souvenir. You hold the silver cup. Sure do. Found it in this old stump. Figure it might look real pretty over some historian's fireplace. Our village burned down a native encampment in our search for that cup. It is a nice cup. Give it to me. Well, I don't know. Rules of the West state that this here cup is a mine. The rules of the Queen state that we are to burn you. What's so special about this cup? Is it some ancient artifact or religious relic? My mother-in-law gave it to me. I'd be willing to hand it over for a price. Certainly you got something worth something in that satchel of yours, mister. My name is Smitty Cobblestone, and I'm afraid you do not know the dangers of toying with me. Smitty? Cobblestone? As in the Smitty Cobblestone who mans the storeroom in the village. As in the forefront of your destruction if you don't give me my cup! A feast! We will have a great feast! Smitty has returned! Oh, he was saved from the Croatoans by four strangers in peculiar garb. Bring your chairs to the dining table, people of Roanoke! For tonight we celebrate life! Smitty, thank heavens you live! And you bring back the silver cup! Our home truly is blessed! Yes! I believe it is. We request the presence of our four heroes at our dinner tonight. May we have that honor. Ho, 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 we will. I assure you, won't we? You shall. Come, Smitty. The townsfolk will be so pleased to see you well. Let's get out of here. You know we can't do that. He was going to kill us, wasn't he? Of course, if he controls time to the degree that could destroy it all, he could wipe us from history altogether. We're going to sit and drink some homemade beer and wine with the bringer of end times to celebrate his return? It seems that's what we must do. <sighs> Good. I'd hate to be sober for all of this. Thank you for listening to Horace Kentucky's Chronal Detective Agency. If you'd like to find out more about our productions, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep up on iTunes, where you'll find more episodes as time goes on. Well, it seems like the old girl number two is still giving off enough of a signal to act as a homing beacon as long as I cancel out the signal from old girl number one behind me. I thought I recognized that sound. You! You're me. Nonsense. I was me before I was ever you. <laughs> At least we were ever them. Who? Contact the Vidrex. We have discovered the David Alts. True David Alts. I was unaware of another batch. Another batch.
The Sonic Society Season 10 is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hey everyone, it's Mark from Leap Audio. I'm here to tell you about something really exciting. July 24 through 26 of 2020, Halifax, Nova Scotia, we are gathering together in the world's first international modern audio drama convention and family reunion. Inspired in part by the living, loving memory of our dear friend Bill Hallweg, we're bringing together writers, producers, actors, and our fans for workshops, seminars, and even live performances. So join us, won't you? Go to madcon.com. That's www.mad-con.com for more information. I hope to see you in Halifax in 2020.